Lucifer Podcast is brought to you by the Cage Club Network. For all things comics, movies, media, music, and more, check out the Cage Club Network. That's cageclub.me. of Krakoa is a safe haven for mutant kind, but there are still mutants who haven't come to the island. And why would anyone want to miss out on paradise? Mutants around the world are flocking to the island nation of Koa for safety, security, to be part of the first ever mutant society. Using skin graft from Domino's body, ew, to fool Krakoa's defenses, a mercenary strike team infiltrated the island and assassinated Professor X. No, destroying the mutant Cerebro helmet in the process. <gasps> Jean Grey and the Beast retrieve a backup Cerebro the Professor had installed in case of his demise. Convenient. Meanwhile, Wolverine and Kid Omega, yay, followed the assassins throughout the South Korea where they found a biomanufacturing plant full of half-grown killers and domino half-laid clinging to life. Ew, again. Solar Cable and X-23 are hunting a mysterious new enemy, Apoth. Not Apoc? What? Somehow connected to a dangerous new cyber drug called Overclock. While searching a seemingly abandoned Overclock factory in Brazil, Psylocke and her warriors are ambushed! Guys, I, I'm just, I'm so tired for the X-Men. I'm Nico. I'm Dylan. I'm Kyle. And I'm Jonah, and we hope you survived the experience similar to how Domino did. Yeah, I kind of hoped that she hadn't, but here we are, and here parts of her are, this is a really interesting point in the Dawn of X because, believe it or not, the Dawn of X has now run 50% longer than Hoxpox did. Hoxpox maxed out at 12 issues, and here we are at issue 18 of the Dawn of X, and that puts us halfway through that sort of conceived six-issue idea. Everything operates in this sort of like six-issue modus operandi, and we know that the Dawn of X volumes, as it were, as opposed to the sort of like individual series volumes, we know that we're getting at least six volumes of the Dawn of X. We're kind of halfway through the opening volley that represents this dynamic change in what the X-Men are. This era promised us more X-Men, I kind of want to say, than ever. And I don't know if that's me reading into some of the statements Jonathan Hickman said, but I feel like if you're telling me the X-Men are now this magical island nation, I should be seeing a number of them highlighted. And I feel like in order to do that, what the books have had to become is, in a lot of ways, two books at all times. We have entered the era of the A book, B book, kind of sharing a title. It's to that extent that we have a number of things we need to take a look at today, but of course, the first thing we have to do is discuss the titles that came out this past week. New Mutants number three, X-Force number three, and Fallen Angels number three. New Mutants has taken an interesting turn. This current iteration of New Mutants feels very close to a slice of life iteration of the different younger X-Team titles. It's like a conglomerate and a place where they can use all those different characters in this one title. In 1 and 2, we saw the original cast of New Mutants with two guest stars from Generation X of Mondo and Chamber. Here we see a lot of Grant Morrison's new X-Men characters, Glob Herman, Beak, Angel Salvador, even a small appearance of the Cuckoos, as well as Joss Whedon's armor. Now I want to ask all of you, is there any representation from a younger generation team 
team that you would love to see have a slice of life story told. I love that you called it slice of life because there is something very interesting about this New Mutants book. The sales figures came out for the first month of Dawn of X and New Mutants was the number one selling book of the month. It outsold X-Men number one. New Mutants was the most hotly anticipated book out of the Dawn of X evidently and whether it was the first adventure showing them just sort of not get along with Corsair or the second issue showing them have trouble figuring out how to interact with Sam who's moved to a new place in his life. Or it was this issue where we saw a group of characters try to connect with their missing because it's kind of like they're looking for their Sam and looking for Beak. I love the idea of the hidden bio and this Omega house. We're seeing this book try to explore the idea that these kids can grow up and I would love it if since we know that they can regenerate people to specific points in their lives I would love it if the Omega house had Legion and X-Man and all of these other god level powerful kids who never got a chance to be kids in this special stasis area where they can have a chance to grow like everyone else because we are seeing them touch on amazing eras I for one don't need to see Beak's kids in danger again but it was great to see Armor show love for her character Rung I would like to see love for characters like Mimic whose powers make him unstable for Legion whose powers make him unstable you're gonna be hard pressed to hear me not suggest Legion for every run I completely agree I don't know about anybody else but Beak specifically holds a very special place in my heart he is everything and everything that everybody should aspire to want to be in a man and in a hero and nothing brought me joy than seeing him with his kids especially Tito God bless God bless Tito love if the Omega Redacted House because in this issue we're introduced to the different sextants that hold all of the different for lack of a better way of saying this children teams they're all teachers and students because they're all learning to interact with one another but it's really interesting to see that they've all separated into where they know each other from that's kind of how clicks work I don't have much experience with the younger groups but I kind of think that I'd like to see the Hellions the original Hellions not the new Hellions that we're going to be getting in the future from the Massachusetts Academy because I feel like we don't really get a lot of insight into them during the 80s which is really all that I've had experience with. So Dylan, what are your thoughts now that Kyle has appropriately warmed your heart? (laughs) The original Hellions haven't gotten much love over the years but I'm super excited to see that in the listing of all the younger teen teens that Generation X is listed in there, I would love to see more Generation X like characters like Monet of course and Husk I do want to say I really loved this issue because I love the fact like mentioned the original New Mutants of the first two issues is a combination of the original New Mutants and two Generation Xers with Mondo and Chamber and then this issue having the kind of like second tier generation new mutant character boom boom mixed in with armor and glob i really love and hope that the future of this book is just combining different teams of teen characters together absolutely i completely agree and i actually really appreciated for lack of a way of saying this humanizing moments for a lot of these characters i don't have a lot of experience with glob herman past his original appearance in the new x-men and i don't 
think he got his fair shake there. He wasn't my favorite new student introduced. But here, I thought it was so adorable, him developing a crush on Pixie and trying to navigate the idea of signs and signals of romance. You know, she danced with me. Does, does that mean that she does like me? Do, do we have a chance of being together? I thought it was adorable and I would love to see more stuff like that. I know personally, I would love to explore the Frost Institute only because I believe that's where my coveted Setford cuckoos are and I need to see more of them because I'm obsessed with them. I would also love to see more of the students that Emma taught during her time on Genosha. You know, characters who got some form of mainstream popularity. like Negasonic teenage over usage. Yeah, that's, that's exactly who I was thinking of. <laughs> I figured, I figured. Ding! Now, from one group of kids to an unbelievable change, you know, we did this episode on what X-Force was and what it is at its core, and this is not X-Force. This is not remotely X-Force. This is the other main X title for all that it's worth. And look, I got Logan and Kid Omega, and I read some reviews that were like, boo on that interaction, that it was a little sour, but no shit. It's Logan and Quentin. Dylan, there is nobody who stands X-Force like you stand X-Force. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about this issue? In this issue, we get to see Wolverine and Quentin basically save Domino, and now we're happy that Domino's back. The more important parts of the issue, I believe, is us getting to see Jean resurrect Xavier and realize that the X-Men are not going to let the rest of the world know that Xavier actually was assassinated. I'm really confused by this book because I thought, to begin with, I thought the mutants were wanting the rest of the world to know that Xavier had been assassinated and how fragile Krakoa might be and that people need to not fear them too much. Side note, there was one Reaver that was still alive on the island and he ended up getting murdered by someone. And I would like to ask real quick, who does everyone think killed that remaining Reaver? Because I have my thoughts, but I want to know what everyone else thinks. I might have the least knowledge to go off of, but this is who I'm going to guess. Black Tom Cassidy. Or he would say Black Tom Cassidy. I have who I want it to be, but I don't think who I want it to be makes a whole lot of sense. I would really like it if it was dupe. (laughs) Just make it an (laughs) X-Force book. Have it be dupe. Dupe is a well-known murderer. He loves to execute people. That's a thing he does. There's that great issue in the woods with the axe, and then he's covered in blood. And he does do wet works ops. That's his thing. And that would help lead into their new book. Marvel, if you can hear me, please just keep making dupe things. Please don't stop. (laughs) I love him. Oh my god, I'm Lorna. Oh my. (laughs) Are you gonna try to murder me? Sorry, Havoc, you gotta go. I love him. Kyle, do you have an idea or a guess of who you think killed that reaver? I'm gonna agree with Jonah. I think it was probably Black Tom Cassidy. He definitely has the most regret about the reavers getting into... Krakoa, so he probably would be the biggest candidate to have committed the murder. My thoughts on it are based solely on the very dark panel that we can't see and the fact of who the one team member is that we haven't seen very much of in the first three issues. I'm pretty sure it was Colossus. If I'm not mistaken, I think Colossus was in that little area of being healed by healer. That doesn't sound like dupe to me. (laughs) Oh, and that would make sense because I learned Colossus and Domino were together for a while. Oh. That's true. They were together in that Cable and X-Force, Uncanny X-Force. Why are you doing two of these? There should only be one of these. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, they're both gone. X-Force era. (laughs) 
Weird. We also learned in this issue that Xavier is going to now ignore the rule of Krakoa of killing people because he is now secretly reforming another Hidden in the Shadows Dark Ops X-Force team. As long as Dupe runs the- I'm kidding. I think one of the (laughs) things that was always going to happen is they were going to try and establish the allegory that is necessary to a strong society. There are always going to be tough choices. Utopia takes great sacrifice to achieve- and Utopia takes even more sacrifices to maintain. Utopia is an ongoing goal, and an ongoing goal requires maintenance. I now am beginning to wonder, we've been looking at it as the X-Men were doing this show of power, or maybe Xavier was doing this show of power to show the humans what's what. No, this was to prepare the mutants for what needs to be done. This was to engineer a situation where that rule would be mutable for certain people. It's selective justice in an effort to maintain consistency rule. It is unfortunate that it mirrors Genosha in different aspects in more ways than I'd like, but what's more concerning is I don't know what's coming from Xavier, what's coming from Magneto, and what's coming from Moira. My take on it is rules are meant to be broken. That's number one. Number two, I agree with you, Nico, and that this rule has to be mutable, and I propose that there's going to be an addendum to this rule. There shouldn't be killing of humans kind of willy-nilly, similar to what Sabretooth would do, and I'm only using him because he was deemed not allowed to be on Krakoa. In the context context of this, the group of Xeno, they kind of do have to die because they represent the threat to mutants. And when there's a specific threat, and it's not like a diplomatic threat where they would have to discuss a lot, this is, their lives are directly at risk. You kind of do have to kill them in order to ensure your own safety. And I think that's something that Charles is kind of realizing, especially after his assassination. (laughs) The rules will need to be changed. Looking back at when they created the laws of Krakoa, it feels like it wasn't something that was going to be able to be sustained no matter what, especially knowing that there are groups that do not want to acknowledge the sovereignty of Krakoa. So the fact that they are looking for a reason to change that rule, it kind of makes sense. I am really loving the characterization that X-Force is giving Black Tom, and I think we should always keep in mind that with all these new teams, with the Dawn of X and most of the teams having at least one character that used to be a former villain, I feel like we need to keep an eye on Black Tom. He may not necessarily be doing some nefarious things, but I think he may be taking his role on Krakoa a little too extreme, and I think he may be a threat that the team will have to deal with eventually as well. I would be so worried to see them try and have to deal with Black Tom. I can only dream they bring in Kane for it. So the final book of the week was Fallen Angels, and I'll be honest, I felt like this book was mostly action, and there really wasn't a lot of story elements to talk about here. We got a brief hint that Quanin is the mother of Apoth, and then there was a whole bit where Cable ends up on his own and we see this really creepy creepy robot thing with a virgin mary 
motif, but I don't really know what there was to talk about it here. So was there anything that you guys really picked up at all? The only thing of note that I really took away from this book is the continued beautiful friendship and relationship between Quanin and Laura. It was, again, a really special moment to have Quanin tell Laura, use your anger. This is the time to let it loose. And it was really something special to for both of them to say, I'm in your corner. I'm here for you. I agree. That was that was a very sweet moment and it helps to build up their relationship together. I found myself surprised because there were so many conflicting forms of spiritual imagery here. Everything Quanin is firmly rooted in this idea of Japanese mythology. And then we got this sort of Virgin Mary Christianity. There's so much to Cable that references the idea of Middle Eastern ideology in that he grew up in a desert and he's facing apocalypse and he is meant to be this holy one, this sacred figure. So it's a really interesting point of regular comparison for Cable to see Christian iconography. But I feel like these characters coming together and representing this diversity of iconography is part of what makes this book so visually appealing. The number of conflicting, almost like myth matrices that are interacting over one another is a powerful way to deliver this message. It's why this issue can be predominantly flash, but still feel substantive. How about you, Dylan? Was there anything that really stuck out for you? It was a lot of action, but there was a lot of important embracing for each character. I am a little bothered when it comes to Falling Angels and X-23 because I feel like this is slightly a story that we've seen with Laura over and over again. It was Psylocke when it was Uncanny 450. Yeah. When it comes to Laura, though, I feel like every writer that has written this story over and over again does tell it in a way that we may not even understand how tortured Laura is and that maybe this is something that has to be told over and over again to her. I know in real life when people have issues like anxiety and depression, sometimes you have to go through the same roller coasters of things over and over and over again and the awful life that Laura has had. I feel like that explains why some of these stories have to be told over and over again and maybe Quanin will be one of those people that could definitely help Laura because of all the tragedy that she's had and actually finally get through to her and maybe since we already know that fallen angels will be ending soon maybe by the time this title ends laura will have grown from having that relationship with quanin we definitely see her growing a bit when Quanin convinces Laura that going to save Cable is not the best direction for their mission, that they need to go and save the children instead. And it took a little convincing, but Laura eventually saw the way. I mean, I believe the children are our future. Don't save Cable and let love lead the way. Is that what it, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know this, I don't know this song. I don't, I don't, I don't know the reference I'm making <laughs> right now. Isn't Let Love Leave the Way a Spice Girl song? I'm really happy about that. I think it's there's also one by Christina Aguilera. So welcome to the Gay Pop Music Corner. Now and again has officially changed shows. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Something that occurred to me while reading this wave of the issues was those infographics in the front, while very useful, are a combination deeply misleading and really, really misleading. So I thought we might play a game. Okay. I don't want there to be any winners and losers because here on Krakoa, we're all winners, you know? So I want you guys to work together. Now this is on the honor system, no cheating. If you cheat, like Sabretooth, you will fall forever until inevitably Frank Thierry pulls you out of obscurity again. <laughs> So I want the three of you to work together and I have a few questions for you. Okay. Just utilizing those character profile pages, understanding that they don't reflect the actual internals of the book. What is the most number of issues any character has appeared in the character listing pages? Remember, there have been 18 issues of the Dawn of X. What is the most number of character profile pages any character has appeared on? I'm going to throw up a name and we can decide if it's him who's appeared the most. I believe Magnus. Nito has been seen in three titles and that would give him nine him appearing in x-men oh no it would be seven x-men x X x-force and fallen angels i could be wrong but that's my initial guess right now i'm only looking for a number oh seven seven do you guys have concur concur with me (laughs) just trying to think if there's any other character that's shown up more i feel like there's someone that's probably been in more and i would want to say the answer is either eight but sure seven yeah, I'll give you seven. Seven. Four characters have appeared five times. Oh. So five is the most number anyone has appeared on. But I will say that almost every one of these characters has appeared in more issues than that. So I don't disagree with your guys' take on seven and eight. I think those are really reasonable guesses. Part of this is that those profile pages, I think, in some ways kind of are fan service. Big shout out to Michael Anderson, world's number one Dazzler fan. I think they might have just put Dazzler on the Fallen Angels page for him. (laughs) I think they made a decision and they said, we can increase the sales on this book. if we put her picture right here. But they know that out there are tons of people that, like, that level love a character. Like I said, four characters have appeared five times. Go. Well, I'm still gonna go with my initial conjecture. Magneto. I'm also gonna say it's Charles Xavier. And as for the other two, I don't know. But those are my two initial guesses for two of them. I think Wolverine. Yeah, and Jean. Yeah. Hmm. Charles Xavier, Magneto, Wolverine, and Jean Grey. Yeah. Magneto, Wolverine, and Jean Grey are correct. It's not Charles. Cable? He's in two X-Men and all three Fallen Angels. Right. So ding the fuck ding. That was awesome. I Two characters have appeared four times. Hmm. Four. Four. Um, I feel like Storm is one. I agree with that. Storm has been in all three yep. Marauders as well as the first X-Men. Yep. Um, um, Cyclops has only been in X-Men, correct? He hasn't appeared anywhere else? Yeah. Right. Could it be Apocalypse? I think he's only been in Excalibur. How many okay. has Mr. Sinister been in? No, he'd only be in like three as well. Yeah. Hmm. Would it be Kitty? I, I think she's been in Marauders. And... Oh, is it? Is it Emma? No, because Emma's only been in. Oh, because Emma was in X-Men. Oh yeah, she's been in X-Men and Marauders. Emma yeah. and Storm. Is it Emma and Storm? Neither one of them. <laughs> ah. <laughs> you have said one of them. Is it Kitty? We had I, one I of them? I think Kitty. I think it's Kitty. One of them is absolutely Kitty. What was the fourth that she was featured in? Kitty was in the first issue of X-Men. Yeah. Oh, yes. Wow. Okay, so Kitty. Okay, so we need one other, right? Correct. One other person who's been in four. Um. Can we have a hint? Yeah, you want a hint? Yeah. If I gave you another hint, it would be exactly the same, but you would never think. Okay. 
If he gave us another hint, it would be exactly the same, but we'd never think it. To look at. Yeah. Is it Betsy Braddock? It is Betsy motherfucking Braddock. She appeared in that one one issue of Fallen Angels. Yes, she did! Oh, you're so hot. <laughs> <laughs> Nerdery is really hot. (laughs) So here's where things start to get a little wacky, right? I'm going to confirm a few things you guys have said. Cyclops does in fact appear in all three issues of X-Men. He is the only character to do so. This is in part because the second issue of X-Men only lists Cyclops, Prestige, and Cable. That said, a handful of characters have also appeared in every issue of their respective series. Who is the only character to appear in every issue? issue of Marauders, according to the character chart. Uh, Pyro. In fact, it is the Burninator himself. Yay. Other than Betsy, four characters have appeared in every issue of Excalibur's character listing. My guess would be Rogue, Apocalypse, Gambit, and Jubilee. Right off the motherfucking bat. Ouch. Two characters have appeared in all three issues of X-Force and nowhere else. Uh, Quentin Quire. Quentin was not in the first issue. Oh, he no. Was on no, no, he, he was. He was on the, p- he was, he the was, page. He was on the thing. Yep. I think it's Quentin Quire, Black Tom Cassidy, and Beast. Oh, it's only two. I believe it's Beast then. Quentin Quire. I think the answer is Black Tom and Beast. The answer is, in fact, Black Tom and Beast. Oh. While Quentin was featured on all of the promotional material, including both standard covers, oh. he did not appear in the issue, so they did not include him in the character glosser. That's right. So things are a little, a little bouncy at this point, and I want to cover a couple of things that are, in my opinion, kind of fascinating. Three characters have had three appearances across two titles. Three characters have had three appearances total, each appearing in two titles. I almost know for a fact one of them is Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler was in the first issue of Excalibur, as well as, I want to say, two for X-Men, but I could be wrong. However, that's where my first- Are we still picking people that are listed in the character glossary, though? Because I don't think Nightcrawler was ever in any of them. No. No, he was. I'm telling you, he was. I feel like two of the three is Sage and Cecilia. Mr. Sinister, maybe? I was just about to say Mr. Sinister. We do need to narrow this list down. (laughs) I will say I have not heard a correct answer yet. Never mind. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, I quit. Let me see. I think you guys can weather this if you just think about the shades of the X-Men. Storm, which is one of them. Because she was in X-Men and Marauders. I still want to say Emma, because Emma was in two Marauders and one issue of X-Men. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know either. Not Shinary, because she's only appeared in Excalibur. Sebastian. Yep. You said shades, and I thought someone wearing glasses. No, shades like colors, like Black King and White Queen. Oh. Oh, well, thanks. You sound so Oh, yeah. Sebastian would be would be in the X-Men and Marauders uh, was also in the other X-Men oh yeah, yeah. I want to give out a, a really big shout out to Sage who has appeared in three issues between New Mutants and X-Force that's a really cool time for her I want to point out that Professor Xavier has been listed in three issues X-Force number one Marauders number two and X-Force number three <laughs> weird and Psylocke and X-23 have both appeared in all three Fallen Angels so I'm going to give a little bit of a shout out to Dr. Cecilia Ray 
Reyes also making a number of appearances. She has made two appearances between X-Men and X-Force. She is an all-time favorite character of mine ever, and I think she is just fan-fucktastic. Can anybody tell me the two characters to appear in two Excalibur listings only? Shoko? I believe it's Richter and Trinary. I have heard one correct answer so far. I think Shogo is the right answer. So then it's Shogo. Shogo is the right answer. Yay. Um, is it Brian? It's Brian. You know, I think it's really fascinating that Brian is just randomly not in the second issue's listing. It is super strange. We didn't get any interaction with him in that issue. It was all I don't on... think we've gotten a whole lot of interaction with a number no. of these people on a number yeah, of these pages. that's true. That's true. So the cast of New Mutants did not change from issue one to issue two. Can anybody name for me the complete cast of New Mutants issue one and two according to its character page? Sunspot, Moonstar, Magic, Chamber, Mondo, Karma, Wolfspin, and Doug? Absolutely. I should have known that the New Mutants kid would get the New Mutants right on his first try. So this does bring me to possibly one of my favorite weird fucking stats ever. So many characters were announced as regulars in a number of these series who have not shown up since the first issue. Can anybody name for me a character listed in the X-Men roster lineup who had appeared in the first issue and not again since. Jean Grey. Jean appeared in the third issue of X-Men. Vulcan? Vulcan, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Vulcan was announced as a core member of the team and has since not appeared again. A couple of final questions because this was just a lot of fun and it was kind of important to take stock of where the X-Men have all wound up. Two issues featured three-person casts only. Can anybody name those two issues? Fallen Angels number three. And X-Men. X-Men number two. Yeah, X-Men number two. Yep. Yep. Excellent. Guys, ah, you're killing it. You're all so attractive. So, a number of the characters have appeared under multiple names. Any guess how many characters have appeared under multiple names? Does anybody have a guess? I was trying to count. Like, I'm, I'm sure Betsy and Quanan both have. Right. Betsy. Betsy definitely has because she's been both Betsy Braddock and Captain Britain. Yep. So um, that was definitely one. I don't know if Quanan was I mean, called Psylocke in the first cover page or not. I think she was... I will say Brian Braddock because he gave up the Captain Britain. Okay, so that's two. Both Braddocks. We have two. Yep. I don't think he's changed names, but an interesting thing I just thought of is Shogo has changed pictures. That is true. Did Apocalypse's name change? No. Okay. I think it still has him listed as Apocalypse. Yeah. We'll find out. <laughs> Do we have any other guesses or should we go with two? Did Rachel go by Prestige and then switch to Rachel at some point? Did they name all of them as Summers? Mm -hmm. And then go by their code names in a later book? I don't know. I'm about to boop you with a countdown. No. Okay. My guess is my guess is two. I'm gonna stick with two. Let's just go with two. I'll go with three. I'm just gonna go with two and agree with Jonah. Okay. So guess the five. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I'm sticking <laughs> with Betsy, Betsy and, Brian. and Brian. Did Jean go from Marvel Girl to Jean Grey at some point? Three as of right now, which is okay. Betsy Braddock, Brian mm -hmm. Braddock, and Jean Grey. Okay. So those are three people we are assuming we know switched names. Yep. Um... um... <laughs> 
I don't know. Oh, wait. Um, was Egg introduced by a different name in Excalibur 2? Egg's only appearance is Marauders number three, where he is credited as Egg. Okay. Fascinating that he played a decently important part, but was not given credit in Excalibur 1. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. I feel like a previous question's answers might help, and I think Emma might be an answer. I think she may have been listed as Emma in something, and White queen in another. So you guys currently have Betsy, Brian, Jean, and Emma as four of your five, right? Yes. Yes. I will say that only three of those are correct. So we know one of those is not correct. (laughs) Correct. Did in Marauders One was she listed as Kitty? I'm beyond proud of you for that one. That gets a that gets oh. a confirmation the way Kyle got a confirmation when he got it right right away with Cable. Absolutely, she has since switched to Kate Pride. Excellent. So now you have four of the five. Okay, one more. Okay, one more. And you have to get we rid of this. We have four. Okay, we have, we technically have five answers, but one of them is and wrong. We need to get rid of one that we one of them is wrong. So currently you have said Betsy Braddock, Brian Braddock, Jean Grey, Kate Emma. Pride, and Emma. Frost. Right. Who of those do we not think is right? Even we know for a fact that Kate is correct. I think we should get rid of Brian. Or maybe that's, I don't know. I don't know. You know what? Because you're so scared, I'm going to confirm it for you. Brian, in fact, has only been listed as Brian Braddock. Oh, okay. Yay. Interesting. Okay. Okay, so Emma changed. We need to just think of one more person who has had their name changed. So this person has had had multiple appearances, Mm -hmm. but they've gone under different aliases with at least two of them. So this person has to be credited at least twice. Right. I feel like if my answer about Emma is correct about Emma and White Queen, I feel like it would also go for Sebastian and Black King. Rub that hand through that wavy long hair of yours because you are in fact 1000% correct. Yay! Okay. You guys, it has been so much fun taking a look at these books with you. Thank you so much for playing along. However, to round out our list a little bit more, characters that have only appeared once include, on these character sheets, Polaris Havoc, Vulcan Corsair, Nightcrawler Bishop, Shinobi Shaw, Egg, Trinary Richter, Morgan Le Fay, Mariana Stern, Dazzler Armor, Glob Boom Boom, Maxim, and Manon. Characters that have appeared twice include Dr. Reyes, Prestige, Lockheed, Iceman, Brian, Shogo, Karma, Wolfsbane, Mondo, Cypher, Magma, Sunspot, Chain, Magic, Healer, Domino, Kid, Omega, and Mr. Sinister. The characters that have appeared three times are Cyclops, Storm, Sebastian, Shaw, Emma Frost, Pyro, Rogue, Gambit, Jubilee, Apocalypse, Beast, Black Tom, Sage, Professor X, Psylocke, and X-23. Characters that have appeared four times, like we said, Kate and Betsy, with our five-timers being Magneto, Wolverine, Cable, and the ever-amazing Jean Grey. Guys, I'm so excited that next week is every book but X-Men. I mean, I wish it was fucking X-Men, but I'm so excited that every book but X-Men. Kyle, can you just run down the five titles for us? Next week, we're covering the fourth issues of Marauders, Excalibur, New Mutants, X-Force, and Fallen Angels before the X-Line, like the rest of Marvel, takes a full week off to celebrate the release of Marvel Comics Incoming, which we'll be covering following its lead-ins, Marvel Comics number 1000 and number 1001. We took a look at a book that focused mainly on Slice of Life. We took a look at a book that focused mainly on action. And then one that kind of did both. Overall, we've covered half of Jonathan Hickman's new revamp of the first wave of X-Men. Overall, I think it was pretty good. And until we come again to discuss these amazing X titles, Kyle, where can everybody find you? You can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at Drantis82. Dylan, where can everybody find you? Everybody can find me on Facebook at my X-Men Facebook group that is titled House of X. Or you can find me 
on Instagram at Warpath underscore Dylan. That is Warpath underscore D-Y-L-A-N. Jonah, where can everyone find you? Rummaging through the bedroom of my ex-boyfriend's best friend. <laughs> or you can find me being a regular person on Twitter and Instagram at Peak Jonah. Nico, where can everybody find you? You guys can find me all over this amazing website, whether it's on shows like HTML or all the feeds of this show. You can find me bringing holiday cheer on cageclub.me as well as my Instagram over at Nico Action. You can check out my comic, Kid Riot, over at kidriotcomics.com. And don't forget to check out wearekrakoa.com, our awesome resource for all things X-Men. I almost said Krakoan, but you know. Both. Both are true. And until we come back to overdose on X-Men right before Christmas, guys, we'll see ya. Bye. See ya. See ya. See ya.